0: Hey, boys and girls, ladies and gents. Thanks very much for tuning into The Row Show. I'm Lawrence Britton. And I'm Jake Green. With Rock the Boat coming up this weekend, we decided for this episode to sit down with uh, Matt Britton and James Thompson, who are the ones who came up with the idea and started the regatta. This is an awesome interview with them. They really get into the the ins and outs.
1: Yeah, and then throughout the episode, we will cover everything from the inspiration behind the format, the challenges and insights of running the event, and changes that they are looking forward to in, in future iterations.
0: Yeah, if you guys don't know, um, Matt and James started rowing together way back in the day uh, as under-23s and they have a bunch of of medals behind their names at uh, the world under-23 champs. They also were part of the the famous awesome foursome for South Africa where they they won the gold in London Olympics. So, yeah, really, really two top-class gents. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to The Row Show. We are your hosts, Lance Britton and Jay Green. This is a podcast where we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a bit about running. In South Africa, it, it
2: brings hot.
1: people together, breaks down place. barriers. Yeah,
2: right. My passion, winning, to be the best. To be the best is
0: something we strive Sacrifice. for. This crucial role great, passion, fiction, gold. Gold. ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Today we have uh, Matt Britton and James Thompson. They've rode together for many years, since 2006, and have tons of results behind their names. We're not going to get into their results because uh, that would take us... That's, a, that's for a whole another we episode. <laughs> we we can, but I think another episode. Today we're going to go into Rock the Boat because it's a, it's a baby of you guys. You, you guys started this regatta and... It's coming up this weekend, and yeah, tell us a bit about how how the regatta started and where the idea comes from, how the regatta works. You know, we often discuss like, well, you know, how, we, how few world-class races
2: you have in South Africa, and a world-class race to us is not really about having, uh, you know, the best people in the world racing against each other. A world-class race is actually about getting, um, you know, people to uh, come down the course neck and neck where you know, the lead changes hands and everyone gets to 500 meters to go and actually believes that they can win the race. And when you believe you can win the race and you're almost at the finish line, then you really empty the tanks and you have this incredible sprint to the line. And uh, I mean, to us, that's what a world-class race is. And so we designed this rock the boat concept, which has been brought to life, you know, with the help of of, uh, John War Racing Boats. What it is, is that everyone races... all the crews so guys girls eights and singles and old people and young people come down the course and they set a time in the morning so it's basically just a head race and uh, that's followed up by we take the top eight times the next eight times the next eight times and uh, all the way down through the you know two or three hundred crews that we have entered it, uh, on the day and what that does it gives you super super close racing so coming through that last uh, 500 meters you know you've often got a master's eight guy old bellies in their in their 70s and 80s racing against let's say a junior um, quad and uh, you know and maybe a girl's octopole or something and it's it's really really exciting racing and and you don't always get that cross-pollination you know another benefit is good schoolboys. They get to actually race against their, you know, Olympic and international heroes. So the whole national squad comes out and races at this event because it's also one of the few places in South Africa where they can have a really competitive race.
3: Absolutely, world class racing is where it started. That was our foundation point. How could we get more boats crossing the line side by side? And then all the periphery stuff that's like strapped onto it is all about like making a cool event and giving sponsors. A big
0: thing for us has always been like how can we bring sponsors into the sport? because yeah, I think rowing is like, quite a small sport. It's not, um, it's not always out there, especially in South Africa. So I think that sponsors element and bringing uh, some more brands and companies involved in rowing is it just helps raise the profile a
2: little bit. South African rowing is at a very, very high standard. You know, in terms of you know how far off an international pace we are at even any local regatta. You know, you've always got world class athletes racing at these events, and I think because of that, rowers sort of have this mentality that. Because they've got really good athletes, they're entitled to, you know, good sponsorship. And uh, we realized um, that that's not what it's about. You know, what it's about is actually presenting the brand of rowing or presenting yourself as a brand to the sponsors and offering the sponsor a platform to market um, their own brand and by association. So it's not necessarily just a matter of being a good athlete. That's not what it's about. It's actually about, you know, creating a platform for yourself, for, that a sponsor would find attractive to use. And so that's what we try to do with uh, the John Wall Rock the Boat Regatta, is actually create the environment where the sponsor wants to be part of it, where we show them that they get more value out of being part of our event than what it costs them to, to to you know, to exercise that. And I think a lot of people don't go that route. They go, they, um, they're, they're almost begging a little bit when they're going for a sponsorship instead of actually trying to Promote something. Say, well, we have a huge amount to offer you, and this is what it is. And, and working on, on the offering, and you know, if you focus on the offering, then the, the rest sort of. Um, well, we've found that that's uh, fallen into place a little bit for us.
3: And yeah. uh, I also think the brand's really cool. I think we really straight from the beginning looked at Rock the Boat as a brand, and we wanted to develop and sort of an attitude around it, and we wanted to be the place people wanted to race the brand. And I do believe we're starting to see more and more of that in the other gadders around, and I think it's the future. Um, I think if you develop a nice brand around your event, people will want to be a part of it a little bit more, and it'll grow not only
0: our spo- our, our event but all the events around it. Just on the on the sponsors, do you, do you guys did your sponsors change this year, or who who have you got on board this year? Um, yeah, we've sadly
3: we've sadly lost a sponsor this year. Um, we lost we lost HPC, which is obviously linked to the University of Pretoria. Um, And in amongst all the challenges facing South African universities, they were unable to continue with us. Um, I think they did want to. I just don't think it was possible. But that's our challenge for the year going forward. But our other sponsors are still um, very much involved. Um, We've got obviously John Wall. We sat down with them originally, the two of us with a piece of paper, one and a half pages long. And were like, this is our idea. Do you want to sponsor it? they They listened to us for about two or three minutes and said, yeah, we're in. And that was when their company was just sort of going through some turbulent times, but they got involved and they've been a great title sponsor for us. And we hope that we can give back to their brand as much as they put into ours. The other sponsor that we've got involved with us is Best Met. They provide a massage to the athletes through the day and then so the rub down stretch area and then a chill area as well concept 2 i've got some exciting stuff coming south africa and they they've got involved again this year that's um it. yeah so it's two rebel sports but it's concept two there's a new bike coming out which they're really interested in like displaying i think it's going to i think it's going to be on display there on the day yeah and then the amount of people involved in rapid bike right now is quite mind-boggling oh,
1: that's, <laughs> i think what's really interesting while you guys have been talking you talking about disrupting the status quo um, what you've also been saying it resonates really with, I think, challenges that rowing faces not just in South Africa but all over the world. Has these challenges um, that you've identif- well, that you've spoken about, have you always, have you guys always thought about them
2: like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just obviously the 2K race is the Olympic sporter. I mean, that, that's it's the, it's the it's always going to be the flagship event of rowing. But I mean, I feel that rowing doesn't do itself any favors in the way. It, it tries to bring the sport to people, you know. I mean, I think they should be doing city sprints. They should be trying their best to get, you know, sponsorship and make it make it unpredictable because why is football such a great sport? You've got a better team that often loses to a worse team because, you know, a lucky goal, a, a, um, you know, a, or an unlucky miss, you know, suddenly that changes the game and suddenly, you know, you get a, a debate after the match where, the way, where people are saying well my team should have won but uh, but they didn't or you know yeah. and then it creates that friction that controversy mm. whereas rowing is too um, it's too often the best cruise just yeah. is going so you need to you know for the good of the sport you know sport is also an entertainment you know it's, it's obviously for the athletes it's perfect to have you know eight lanes perfect no interaction with the other crews and just a head-to-head race but i think from a spectator point of view you've got to bring some kind of excitement into it that brings an element of unpredictability into racing into um, that so i mean we have so many ideas about like how you could do that for example like a relay that's really short like a 200 meter sprint relay with guys and girls and you just do like knockouts i mean imagine how cool that would be in the vna waterfront or something you know you could do that it would create that uncertainty and uh, and I allow just a random person to arrive on the day, understand what exactly what's going on, and be able to engage, be, like with in, what's get happening. behind eighteen that they see doing well in the knockouts. I don't know. For example, you know, there's so many ways you could be, you can just. Just prob prob the status quo just a little bit, like
3: create something a little bit different. There's so many options out there and we need to look at all these events and sort of make them more professional. Events have to start costing the athlete a little bit more. But if we want to have events as cool as like the Red Bull X-Row that I rode overseas... Um, and if guys really want to have that amazing experience you're not going to be able to pull off Red Bull X-Ray here at 65 a ahead I can tell you that mm, yeah. Sure. Um, if you guys don't know
0: what that is listening uh, go check it out on YouTube it's yeah. a crazy crazy. Red Bull x
3: Row, it's the hardest thing I've ever done and <laughs> yeah. let me tell you running with an 8 is not something you would I wish <laughs> no, on my word
0: because
2: it's not flat
3: there <laughs> my word. running with an 8 over hills and racing through villages
0: and it was so cool all the little Town. All okay James the okay you're getting, you're getting sidetracked let's get back to your gather good um, plot good plot
2: x coming <laughs> yeah.
0: but that's exactly the kind of thing
2: that you know the sport needs there's plenty of 2k races every athlete knows exactly what it's like to get up there and do a great warm up and have a very clean efficient race but they don't have enough where they just where it's, where it's messy you know where, where they actually engage with a sport where it's so unpredictable and no. like the extra or you know a bunch of that kind of thing sprints would yeah. be a good idea
0: no that's what the sport needs to keep people, to keep people interested to keep people going um, so now hosting the regatta it, what, are, what are like the big challenges for you guys? What are like what's like when you started? You thought this is going to be easy, and it's very hard, or something that is just, just constantly every year is like taking up majority of the work. In terms of the logistics, I mean, it's
2: it's a monumental yeah, task. Sure. Getting those entries out, getting the umpires, the you know the beer guard and the liquor license. I mean, it's just no one thing is is insurmountable. But when you start adding, um, not even all of them together, just half of them or a quarter of them together, you start really um you start shaking a little and bit. also i'm
0: sure that the cash flow is the issue as well because all these costs come before the regatta and you only make money on on the day so <laughs> i can just imagine there's a nightmare yeah, there's, there
3: there's a big cash flow element that uh, luckily we've got maddie b uh, maddie can think about the numbers but i think overall the challenges our first event was quite an interesting one and it taught us a lot about how people enter regattas in south africa um we almost like we were consider cancelling the event like the day before injuries closed, because there were about 10 people coming, and they're like, We've not paid for medical. And we, I know, I, I think our first one, we didn't have medical. It was such a small event. We sat down with with, with the two carols who used to be really powerful in regards to organising South African said Like, this is our idea, what you do it, and they were like talking about medical and all this Manny And I were like, no, and we don't need a official. We're just going to go. Like, <laughs> what, we're just going to get everyone there. We're going to race. It'll be like we do this in training all the time. And they were like, no, no, no. And they taught us a lot. Um, so bringing that expertise is probably what made this thing exist. The fact that we had that. Um, first or second conversation with people who were really good at regattas at that stage and we could bring the ideas and they calmed us down and got us into a more manageable stage but two days two or three days before that first regatta we had like ten people coming and Matt and I were staying at each other, and clearly no one likes our idea as much as we do and then it's traditional last <laughs> day and the last day, the last day just, <laughs> they were crashing the system like entries I think we got about 350 people at our first rocket boat it was in a school holiday yeah but um, it was a, I mean it was a good like,
2: preliminary one yeah it was and really cool in the end was it's grown so fast since then I mean we had uh, 300 in um I think it was in 2013 yeah and uh yeah, so this is our 7th edition now and we're over a 1000 athletes really? are arriving here. Yeah, that's quite something. I so, didn't people that. don't realize how many times we've done this thing yeah. now. And so it's actually a lot slicker now and also I think one of the major challenges of getting it off the ground was educating people about what we're doing because you know, I mean there's head races and there's guys and girls racing each other and yeah. like different boat classes and the logistics on the coaches side to make sure that, you know, often crews are swapping boats. So like the under 15 quad might be shared with the under 14 yeah. quad or and now suddenly they don't have enough quads, so they have to sort all of that kind of logistics out. But
3: and I think on the back end, the stuff, the timing that people don't see. We came into the sport at a time where the officials had had like a challenge or two in head races, and they were pushing back at that point against head races, saying they're, they're quite risky things because you get it wrong. And at Dr. Boat, you get the head race wrong, it's game over. You know, we all hit the pub.
2: You know, we shake
3: hands and hit the pub. Yeah. Um, if the head race goes goes and. What is really cool is to come in and we got involved is again some really good people, Clive and Lynn, um, and together with Carolyn, like really took the challenge and like absorbed it, what needed to happen and, and I think it's changed and made the whole like hedge race system in South Africa much better. Um, and now hedge races are a dime a dozen in junior rowing and it's really cool that we've got across that line and it's it really is a big challenge. And I think Clive and Lynn and they, and their timing team stress Big time on the morning, and they're quite relieved when all the results go back into the
0: final format, which is obviously a much more natural format. So, So, on the timing, then how does it work? Uh, so, now you have how many crews? Uh, uh, we two, currently will we'll have about 300
2: crews. Yeah, so yeah. how does it
0: work now? You Everyone's starting, there's no like timing chips or anything. Everyone's starting, there's people changing position during the it's race. It's pretty
2: sophisticated, and, actually, because yeah, it's come a long way. So, what we have is uh, I mean, there's a there's a, a camera that reads the number on everyone's barbell, and it can be manually overridden if there is some issue. But obviously, only like one out of the whole bunch has an issue. And then it gets read as it comes across the finish line, and those two cameras are synced, so we can just do that time.
3: Yeah, and then there's – most of them are running off an of NK. There's also an NK watch, so there's no more manual writing it down because that's what really took – As the regatta grew faster than our timing system capacity, it took a long time to manually write down a lot of stuff. Um, but Clive, Clive was one of the most amazing people I met through Rock the Boat and the advancement in the technology and the like perpetual drive to make it better has been really cool. And I think if people really appreciated like how much has it developed in the South African rowing back-end results system um through not only his work but the people around um that space in Northern South Africa. It's really cool to see the advancement um, and the more exciting things to come for sure going forward.
1: And I think actually uh, uh the probably the most complex or interesting thing about how what drives the whole regatta is the your your prognostic times, how you how you judge the best performer on the day. And I think I've I've tried to to simplify it into two sentences. And it's, it's, quite, it's quite a challenge. Would you guys just elaborate a bit about how it works and how do you how do you judge who's the best performer of the day in their boat class? So, first of all, the only
3: way we could get this right was by both of us marrying actuaries. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Um, so, I'll answer that one, I guess, to start with because um, Carolyn has had a fair amount to do with the times and developing them. Um, but we, I think we also found ourselves in an intersection where we had... Matt and I had a, a deep knowledge of timing from the, our time in rowing, if that makes sense, and how our national team was comparing each other's performance um, together with like Carolyn's ability to do like slightly higher grade maths than most of us, certainly more than me. Um, and we've ended up with a system where basically um, there's a standardized gap between boat classes developed off the senior world records, um, which we feel was the most consistent place um, where the gaps are developed. And then every age group is pitched at a certain percentage back. And that's developed off the standout performance, the highest level of performance in
2: each age group of world records. Um, or not world records, each South African. Yeah, so you look rec- at the, like all the times that South African, like let's say under 15s have set. So you look at all of the um, like the junior uh, like quads and fours and whatever, doubles and things, and you look at their SA records and you work it out as a percentage of the senior men's world record or senior women's world record and then you'll see that like actually the men's uh, the junior octopole is like actually really quick relative to the other boat classes and so we use that percentage as the as the one that like all of the crews can uh, Yeah. yeah and you say well if the best all of the best athletes in south africa of this age group were part of um you know got into a boat then we think they'd be capable of Reaching that same percentage of the world record okay. time. But you know what? I think the main thing on this is like people get d- distracted by this part of the regatta. The main part of the regatta is that like an average athlete who's not in the, doesn't have a mm-hmm. hope same of winning in any no. race ever and they're always coming down that course and they're coming last or second last and they're just, they're not enjoying the regatta that much in their normal rowing. That person comes down the course and has a good race. You know, that's what we're really trying to do. It's not, yes, sure, this is an important aspect of the race, and it's an imp- it's important that, you know, you are... And you can see by the people that have won this regatta, they are really high-class athletes, and, and they're not just um, seniors. They, you know, there's a lot of... Some juniors have won it, and those athletes have gone on to do good things.
0: Um, yeah, because actually, you know, I think that's, like, the the like basis of, like, knowing that you guys have good yeah. times because the people that are winning the regatta are often people that are performing better that through that year or or in the following few years they becoming really good athletes so if they're juniors and they're young like uh, that go girl, the girls quad uh, that one yeah. i mean they've all they're all really quality athletes now and it's it just shows that the the times i mean you guys have put a lot but of into so effort you have to that. have that credibility and i feel that we do have that credibility yes. and it's being
2: constantly reinforced that what the times that we're producing um, and the athletes that are winning the regatta reinforce that we're doing the right things you know maybe you always are aware of the winners but if you look at like who's coming top 10 you can also see that it's good crews that are doing it you know yeah. it's crews that are really good but mustn't forget that it's not it's, you know, that's not it's what the regatta is about know, the regatta is, is just to, is that any athlete gets a world class race not just a world class athlete gets a world class yes. race yeah. I think every event to have those like there's
3: like the bulk they can really enjoy it but there are the guys that are going after those top spots and it's really cool for us and it tracks the top athletes to really put down their big race of the year locally and they get that chance to be challenged further um and yes it's a benchmark. so even the guys who are a little bit further down like to be able to like have a bit of banter back and forth so i do think like well generally we look at the top end of the prognostic sheet and see if that stuff looks about right There, so guy's further down who have their under 15s the under 15s have beaten the under 16s on percentage and they're starting to chirp them but it's all relative of course um, but there's a lot of thought that's gone into the times overall times and the, the prognostic times um, and there's a lot of thought that goes into it every year it's not a finished recipe yeah. it gets edited every year and we move forward but actually
0: so just on that but, like, why uh, am but I... it gets mindly edited I'm not yeah. saying we like
3: working it gets yeah. tweaked when we see like and we take an objective view like things and we look at it and say like that's i think there's been a little bit of adjustment this year put onto the masters um but it's like half a percent on a lot of the stuff and it's flattening their age curve
0: Basically, but just on that like the good racing and the and the excitement is that's one of it's my favorite part of the regatta is that often Mm -hmm. i rock up in the pair because most of the time i'm running the pair or the double and we get there and for the final i get to line up against my schoolboy eight or you know and there's there's cool banter on the water there and it's 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 cool for me to race my school, and I think it's very cool for them to, to to come up against me, and often they beat me. So, it's uh yeah, it's just that for me is where the regatta is, just having – that's where the fun is. Yeah, I mean, you know, like if you think of any age category, the best
2: athletes in that category often are winning by, you know, boat length, two boat lengths, and suddenly they start to think that they are really good athletes. And they don't really sprint in their last 500 meters. They, you know, they're a little bit ahead uh, – or if you're at the back of the pack and you're, like, consistently losing, you might not summon that extra, like, energy as you're coming into that final sprint. Whereas what we're trying to create here is that environment where those good crews are pushed, you know, in that no, last... Constantly bit. in a competitive environment. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's I think we're getting, from the athlete's experience, I think we're really nailing it. From the um, sponsor's experience, I think uh, we're nailing it to a point. The next step for us is to almost... Um, put it on television, but yes, we've like course. been a bit nervous to take that that, next step, uh, that next step. I think it's That's something our, that, that we almost we've been ready to do for yeah. a while, but it's actually like you know it's a huge expense to produce the the package. Yeah. I think it's getting cheaper with drones
0: and stuff. But, what uh, comes
3: first, chicken or the egg? But oh. uh, yeah. we
0: just—it's uh, our next question—is is where would you like to see Rock the Boat go in the future? future. And yeah. We've had, like, the idea of, like, presenting
3: the two elements of the filming that could be quite cool, and that's, like, presenting it to, like, the outside, the broader community, and that's, like, possibly a super sport idea, and that's one element. The more exciting one for me is, like, how we present the sport to the people sitting on the bank, like, looking after people who've come all the way out there, and I think they're valuable eyeballs to your sponsor, and, like, those people are, like, the core of the sport, and we should really be, like, improving their
0: their experience.
3: experience out at the dam and their experience to watch the racing that for me is like where the future's at it's like how do we start presenting the sport there and yeah it looks like we're going to have some sort of filming happening this year it's certainly a work in progress what, a, bit of,
0: uh, a bit of like filming the start and, yeah and so it looks like gonna we're going to have a station to feel like a
3: big screen hopefully okay, yeah.
2: um, and then they're going to be filming Very the cool. start the thousand <laughs> and the finish
3: filming the start and the thousand the people are going to see the finish so we don't want to pull that in and the other element is the commentators can walk around and have a chat to athletes and like just bring the, bring the athletes personality to life a little bit to the spectator um, the spectator should have the best view of the house and hopefully
0: that will develop mm. if you watched um, Henley last year I mean Henley's that's a pretty massive regatta and they started doing the, the TV yeah. and I uh, definitely think it made a huge a huge difference to their regatta
3: hopefully eventually we ideally you know we must be watching the whole race motorboat driving down the side um, filming every race side by side and as a spectator you sit there and you watch one race after another one of the problems I've
1: experienced in rowing is that so many good races in South Africa you don't see televised, and only the people can see the last hundred meters. One of them is that buffalo regatta between the brothers the and Paul. Race
0: of all time. <laughs> that was
1: it. it was a, a race that was a tough one to swallow, but I sometimes wish that was on TV because it was such a good race. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: You know, I I believe that that our event has nailed it for the athletes. I feel that the athletes get a great experience because they they come down the course neck and neck with another crew. And they have to summon up every ounce of guts that they've got to cross that finish line. And it's it's amazing. For the spectators, it is a bit of a challenge, though, I think. Because it's not the easiest event to understand. You can't just arrive and knowing nothing about rowing. And yes, you'll see close racing. But it's hard to understand. like How is an 8 racing against a pair? And what's a weird thing is that the crew that cross the finish line first, let's say an 8 beats a pair by one second. You'd think that that's a great race and the eight's the winner. But actually, the pair is relatively faster than that age so it's not it's, or it, it's it becomes yeah. complicated to present it to the spectators it would still be complicated but it's it wouldn't be the
3: easiest thing but certainly like seven minutes of video per race or six minutes of video would be a far better would give us a better chance
0: of getting that message across now you guys are doing really cool stuff for for rowing in general i think it's rowing in south africa is changed quite a lot over the last 10 or, or 12 years and i think you guys have had a had a big impact in that um, are there, like just going back to the racing, because the racing is, is so exciting, are there any like really memorable races that you remember that, that stick out if you if you think back to Rock the Boat?
3: The one that stands out, it was one of the national pairs, um, it might have been a double, I think it might have been Cizre and John, um, I, was, I wasn't racing, it was the year I think I ended up racing World Champs with John the first time in the double, but Cizre and John were in the double for Rock the Boat because I was out, and they were against a Vitz 8, and I just remember like, Cizre and John was so much faster in the start and the end, they top end speed. But that eight, even though the guys in the Vitz 8 were like seriously unfit, it was just an eight and it didn't <laughs> lose speed. And John and Cesar, like came out like a length up and this eight like ate its way back through John and they were like, three quarters of a length John and eventually yeah. were like three quarters to a full length down on this eight and when it's an eight's length it's <laughs> obviously for a double that feels like a heck of a long way and I remember watching them come through like six hundred to go and sort of Caesar and John obviously world renowned for their spin finish and they started coming at these bitsoaks at like 50 and the bitsoaks were barely able to get it over about 32 <laughs> it was called cool coming into the line I completely lost who was even winning the race and they were getting stuffed around by Wash the double but it was really cool and they sprinted and it was like a bar finish. I think Vitz got it by like a bar wall. I won't let John admit that he... I I, 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 in my memory, they lost it,
1: right? you imagine
2: anything? So, I mean, I think for me, the best one is... Um, so, schoolgirls in South Africa don't usually race an octopool. Uh, but at our event, they're allowed to race yes. an octopool. So, it's so cool because like, they often try and do this. And then a schoolgirl octopool is actually like roughly this... Like, let's say an under-15 schoolgirl octopool versus like an under-14 boys quad or maybe a a worse under 15 boys quad and um and they come head to head and then there's like a couple of masters so it's in there as well and you've got this uh, because i mean the kids come out sprinting like crazy because they that's how they just race the whole season is get ahead and try and hang on for dear life so these guys the boys just go hammer out the blocks berserk and then they die at like the halfway mark and uh, the masters big diesel engines come through and it's super awesome as they come across the line. I mean, whoever wins. And it's just like, where else in the world are you ever going to get that kind of race? Where are you going to get, like, seven-year-olds at Or I mean, they if you would live anywhere, in the, you know, if you're a master, like, it's just, you, if you race your old, Rowing buddies, no, you've been racing like, those guys for 50 years, yeah. man. You, you've been you went to school together and you're still racing the same people. Like, come on, where's the fun in that? Like, you know, now a, you're racing a, a, a girl, your daughter, you know what I mean? Like, how cool! So. there was
3: another really cool year where I think it was you and Sean were in the pair, and then there was the, all the national girls were in a quad, they called themselves the cockless quad, yeah. uh, which was really cool. And then they both you guys made the A final just on the outside mm-hmm. lanes, and then all the eights and stuff were in the middle. And I just remember, I remember the girls' quad, like, having an absolute humdinger down the course. And it was, like, side by side. And they, we got a photo sequence of their faces, like, all the way down the track. <laughs> and they're, like, cool, composed. And then they're, like, a little bit flustered. And then they start, like, the pain face got coming. And then in the last 250, there's just these faces of absolute anguish because they were just side by side. With, like a, I think they were going with a university girls' eight. So there was a lot of, like... Right yeah. there and they were also like racing you guys across like no, eight it's, lanes it's, wide. It's, it's crazy awesome. racing. I think, I
0: think something that we we haven't the especially the senior guys, because I mean if we in the pair I and mean, this has happened to me about three or four times, is you, you rock up there, you race the head race. Now we've done a lot of racing, so our head race um, performance is always pretty good. And the schoolboys' head race performance is pretty terrible. crap, actually. So they Sort of paddle down in the head race, and they they're not really too stressed in the eights, and and then we'll get in the final with a bunch of these eights, and then uh, <laughs> then the real racing comes, and suddenly they are ten percent quicker than they were <laughs> in the in the hedge race, and we betting odds still between uh, around one percent different, and uh, and then we get punished by the eights and racing I eights. I see you, you still you, moaning about your 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 race <laughs> last year? yeah. No, no, I'm saying that uh, I think it's it's taken us a while to learn, but I think it's it's just to 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 pace the the head race a little bit more sensibly so that you can uh, have that cracker. Yeah, you only get bike. washed
2: when you're out the back, hey, Kayla. Like?
0: <laughs> cool. So uh, you guys have never raced Rock the Boat, though. I mean, will you? Do you plan on ever racing it?
2: Yeah, I mean, both James and I have now retired from racing. So happily retired. To- my bad. <laughs> we, we will. Um, yeah, maybe
0: we should one day just like hop in. in I, the, I just thought people I, will be super suspicious if you guys enter yeah. events. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't say what you mean I would enter, but I know which one I would enter. Cool. So just to finish up, uh, the road show is doing some quick five questions. We're going to ask all the guests that come on, so they don't need to be long answers. But um, yeah, just tell us tell us what you what comes to mind. I think just leading on
1: from what James said just now. If you could race any boat class at Rock the Boat, to give your secret over
3: there, what would it be? I think I'd race the lightweight four for, for good
2: measure. And you, Manny? Yeah, for me, I'd race at a smaller boat because, uh, you know, you've got to, as a senior, then you've got a much wider range of people that you can race against. So, like, if you go and rock up there in a senior eight, obviously, you're going to be one of the top crews. It's not as competitive yes. as if you're in the middle. And if you, like,
0: rock up in a pair, then it's really, Yeah, like, really if you're making that third or fourth final, right. you're getting... That's like death racing. Thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, so now, uh, uh, and the next question in the, in the quick five questions is if you could row in a four and race in a four with anyone in the whole world, uh, who would you choose?
2: Yeah, so I was really lucky
0: enough to do that last year. I raced with
2: uh, my three younger brothers um, at, uh, at the Buffalo Regatta. Um, so that to me would be the, is like always going to be the ultimate crew. And uh, that was an awesome race. Um, if I was to choose any person, um, I think it'd be cool to stoke, do it with some, uh, you know, like maybe Usain Bolt or um, some of these rugby players. Imagine, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think you'd have a very A's interesting t- crew.
0: Yeah, of course, Tirant. would be my favourite. I think. <laughs> and you, James?
3: Um, yeah, I think obviously Matt and I were both had the the pleasure of being part of a dream crew, and that would of course be. But we, I've also had had the. Tr- chance to do that dream crew of 20, 2012 but it would so be cool to go back and I, would happily, again, I think when we did that advert filming for R&B um, it was cool. really cool for the four of us to get in a boat again I think we really enjoyed that filming time but we've had that dream so mine would be a bit more stretched around the world I think Steve Redgrave would definitely be in there just the, the drive of that guy to be at the top of the game for 25 years would be amazing to be exposed to that Mahe Drysdale, I think, would be in there. Um, He's a thug of note, and he's just... Yeah, (laughs) Olaf Olaf might need to be in there as well actually that would be really cool but I think my final seat would go to Eskal yeah. uh the godfather of like red rowing um,
0: yes good picks
3: James yeah, I had the pleasure of racing against him it would have been amazing to get
0: yeah. to row with him
2: so I think, I think this I was, is I want to add there like, I mean they, um, I can make Ryan Volpenheim <laughs> <laughs> was the stroke of the American <laughs> in the 2004 Athens Olympics he's the guy I with the, the commentators like, like, co- yeah. co- yeah. co- he love that guy and he's just getting I mean he's taking his outside hand and like way out the boat at the, at the catch I
0: mean actually uh, that's some textbook yeah. rowing. actually really and Carl is. Hamilton
2: in the eight from uh, from Beijing <laughs> okay. as well so now that you
0: guys are, are both rowing eights
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you've, I mean you chatted there about Brian Uh what's your what's your fav- favorite rowing race that you find watching yourself over and over again
2: yeah for me easy one I've watched um, I watched that Canadian men's eight. Uh, a a thousand times with Beijing Beijing, I think that's one of you know just the raw power and the drive and like the whole story that those guys had going into that race I mean it ain't pretty but it's like (laughs) It's pure just caching. look at Carl Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> He's just <laughs> pulling he that boat along. <laughs> 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 yeah. And you, James?
3: Um, yeah, I think in your guys' podcast, the cursed mentioned as well that Italian men's pair race. Yeah. Um, yes, that where, was. On I mine, forget the year. I think it's 2000. Oh, the French pair oh, one? French one? The, uh, so the, the French pair, Pan- Pan- oh, The Pan- Italian Pan- Pan- one was last yeah. year. So and no, no, no. The French one is. And I just think like there's so many like folklore stories about like what they said to each other halfway down that track. and I think it's like a race that a lot of like our races like are really about coming in this that seven fifty to go like really mm. turning the screws and to watch
2: like that is beyond another level like we've had some big sprint finishes, but we've never got that right, and yeah i mean i never I also didn't ever watch uh you know, I always used to enjoy watching the Lighty 4, but then once I was actually racing the Lighty 4, I stopped watching it because, I mean, those are the guys you're racing. You don't want to idolize yeah. the people, and then you're like, you're already, you know, uh, you're already two men down on the start line if that's your, if you've already, if you put them on a pedestal, so. I know own race. I mean, yeah. I think that London uh, 2012... That's um, what I thought you guys were going to choose. I thought you were going to choose your, your London race. I mean, that me mm. is, it is one of the best races. <laughs> I still watch it and wonder if we're going to
3: win. Like... <laughs>
1: And uh, this is this is the book of secrets question. Yeah, between the two, well, between the two of you, what are your personal bests on the two K? There go. I think
2: I've done six or eight. Yeah, <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> no, all the, the the longer that doesn't matter. The more the, the more the time comes as obvious. The the, the longest time up. Because yeah,
1: we weren't sure who's actually who's pulled
2: the faster time. I thought. I'll sure let Matt answer
3: that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so but you guys I mean, are pretty close
2: though. Yeah, close but changes faster. So you went six sixteen and you went? Yeah, sorry, I just I think it must have been six eighteen. <laughs> Ten seconds,
3: <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> I think that did six seventeen if I'm not mistaken. Um, John's definitely
0: gone and his best time is now like six seventeen. There's really so But I still think, I mean going under six twenty as as um, at seventy kilos and uh, at uh, altitude is 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 no small feat at all. And I think uh, So then last question. If you had to choose a different sport to go to the Olympics in, uh, which sport would you choose? I think it's going to be easy for you guys. No, Back I
2: Minton. think it's going to
0: be very easy. <laughs> <laughs> I see your I balls for ball, your James. <laughs> <laughs> when, when
2: I was trying if you'd asked me that question, I would always just answer um, mountain biking because I, I really enjoyed the sport. But like cycling is just not the same. The mine would also have been, like, still would be mountain biking. I'm
3: um, very passionate about bikes. I've always been It's my second love. Um, but the Team, without a doubt, the team dynamic involved in rowing has taught me so much and I wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't change that for the world. But uh, now that I know, I think I'd actually go for downhill uh, skiing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, that's super G. I, mean, I can't wait for the Winter Olympics in a few weeks' time. I mean, yeah. I think that's insane. No, it really like, is. When those guys are going down there, thing, 120 k's an hour,
0: jumping. I mean, I flip. I don't think I'd be. I'd, so just, I'd love that. We got Olympics. some cool answers over the, over the last year. So we got Matt doing super G downhill skiing, yeah. James mountain biking, Kirsten, Kirsten did, uh, diving. Uh, Olympic diving. You chose. I chose rugby, and, and I went with um, track, cycling. track cycling. So,
3: a um, yeah. lot of
0: variety, yeah. eh? variety. From all of us, that come from one sport. I think that's what, that's, what makes, that's what makes the Olympics so cool is the, yeah. the range at which it is it's just awesome competition and sport. Cool. Well, thanks so much for yeah. for spending the time. I know this is uh, taking a big chunk out of your day, and you don't have a lot of time. And Matt flew all the way from the UK to to do the interview, so that is very cool. <laughs> um but yeah really good luck with the regatta and yeah we look forward to to seeing the exciting racing
1: oh we are excited we both got to be there on saturday watching first for me being a spectator so it's going to be interesting to experience it in in that dynamic so yeah but thanks a lot for coming on the show it was great to have you guys here and just actually i learned i won't lie i learned quite a lot about what goes on beyond the scenes just the the just the whole logistical Nightmare. Element, <laughs> nightmare towards uh, sorting this
0: thing out. Cool. And that's a wrap. Thanks, thanks very much. Hey, it's Lawrence and Jake again. Uh, thanks very much for tuning into the Ro Show Remember to send us any ideas that you have on the show, any questions. Uh, you can leave your comments below or you can email us at the at gmail.com. So just remember it's the Show with SA at gmail.com. Uh, You can also find all the links to any guests or any notes uh, on the show below. And yeah, feel free to leave the comments there. Until next time, we're out. Cheers. Sweet.